Hello, and welcome to the podcast for the journal Integrated Environmental Assessment and Management, better known as IEAM. I'm Jenny Shaw. The May 2017 issue contains an article on plastic contamination in seafood. It's part of a series of invited commentaries on microplastics. Joining us today is lead author David Santillo, a senior scientist with the Greenpeace Research Laboratory and an honorary research fellow at the University of Exeter in the United Kingdom. Hi, David. Thanks for chatting with us. Oh, you're very welcome. Hi. So I think most people have heard about animals in the wild ingesting plastic particles, but how common is this around the world? Well, I think you're right. Most people probably have seen images of seabirds and turtles and, and cetaceans, perhaps dolphins and whales, ingesting larger pieces of plastic. And, and clearly, that's a major problem. It's something that is uh, known to be a, a worldwide problem. But perhaps what is less visible for people so far are the problems associated with what we call microplastics. So these are the smaller fragments of those bigger pieces of plastic that, as, the, as the plastics degrade in the marine environment, and also some deliberately manufactured pieces of a tiny pieces of plastic that are released to the environment. Those we also know are very widespread in, in every area that you go on the planet. You'll find microplastics. And so far, in the places and in the species in which people have looked so far, it seems to be very common that those microplastics are also taken up by marine species. It may be a less visible problem, but it does seem to be as widespread a problem as that uh, issue with the bigger plastics and the, the entanglement and the choking. Perhaps not surprising, but uh, it's certainly a, a common problem. And that goes for, for fish and for shellfish, um, whether you're looking at mussels or oysters or maybe crabs or lobsters. It's true of, of filter feeding organisms. It's true of foraging organisms. And it's also true of a wide range of different types of plastics. So we find fibers, we find fragments, we find microbeads there in the, uh, in the organisms. There's still a lot of geographical areas that haven't been studied, a lot of species that haven't been studied. But from what we know, it does look like it's a pervasive problem. So then are these microplastics a real concern for the health of these fish and all these shellfish? Well, yes, they are. The, uh, the microplastics we know are able to uh, be taken up by species, perhaps by being confused for food or just by taking in in, in filter feeding or in, in ingesting sediment particles, they're taking in the plastics as well. And they can accumulate in the, in the guts of these organisms. Some of the smaller ones we know can uh, transfer across biological membranes and, uh, and appear in, in other tissues in these, these animals. And the evidence so far points at the fact that some of these can then have an impact on growth they can impact on reproductive success. They can have impacts on uh, feeding behavior and perhaps other uh, sorts of behavior. One of the simplest impacts, for example, is, is inflammation of the tissues. Tissues can become inflamed. They can uh, have adverse effects then on, on, the, on the animals that are, that are ingesting them. So, yes, we, we do know that this is a, a problem for the species that are ingesting these particles. That sounds awful, actually, for the, the uh, organisms that are consuming these particles. So we know that seafood consumption has gone up globally. Should people who eat seafood be worried? Well, I think that's a very important question. When people are consuming seafood, especially if they're going to be eating the whole tissue, the whole flesh of a, of a marine animal, there is a strong likelihood that they're going to be ingesting at least some microplastics. Now, the scale of that problem will vary from species to species. It will be worse in some locations than in others. And we're only beginning to get an idea of the spread of that level of microplastic contamination in our seafood. But it is a problem that people will be exposed to. 
whether that causes health impacts, whether it's uh, something that we need to be worried about from a health point of view, I think we're just at the infancy of, of beginning to understand. We know already that other types of, of small plastic particles can penetrate tissues in, in humans. They can accumulate in certain parts of the body. So the potential is there for harmful effects, but it's still too early at this moment to be able to predict just how big a, a risk there is. But certainly we should be able to eat seafood without eating plastic at the same time. So for now, until more research has been done, is the safe bet to consume only parts of the animal or parts that have been cleaned or cleared of microplastics? Well, it becomes very difficult for some species, especially for filter feeding species where you're eating the whole animal. The standard depuration that uh, people do for, uh, for bivalves, for, for shellfish, will help to reduce the burden of microplastics in the tissues. But in the end, we've really got to solve the problem at source. We've got to try and find ways of stopping these microplastics getting into the sea and getting into species, because ultimately that's the only way in which we're going to solve this problem. So besides the physical harm to fish and to shellfish, are there other environmental concerns about these microplastics? There are. Microplastics are rather unusual materials to have in the natural environment. They carry their own chemicals uh, with them, chemical additives that are used in the plastics from, from which they, they originate. And they also uh, have a tendency to absorb and desorb chemicals from the environment. So some of them can concentrate up contaminants from seawater to quite high levels. Uh, and that may be presenting the species that are eating these things uh, inadvertently with an additional source of chemical exposure, persistent organic pollutants, for example, heavy metals that can accumulate on those surfaces. And in some cases, that can be uh, quite severe. There's evidence, for example, looking at uh, styrofoam fishing buoys that are packed full of, of flame retardant chemicals, um, very high concentrations. And it does seem to be that you can get uh, some transfer either from leaching from the plastic or direct intake from these plastic fragments into mussels or other seafood that are growing in the, in the area. There is a lot of disagreement and debate about how significant microplastics are in terms of chemical exposure. And it's clear they're not the only source to which uh, marine species are going to be uh, exposed to these chemicals. But they're quite a novel source in a way. It leads to a different way of encountering these chemicals, different ways perhaps of metabolizing them. And I think we have to be aware of the fact that this could be an additional serious problem relating to microplastics in the environment and exposure to them. There's a need for more research, but the evidence is suggesting that it's something we should be additionally concerned about. It seems to be a huge intractable problem. Is there anything that we can do now to reduce the potential threat of, of microplastics to humans and the environment? Well, marine microplastic pollution is, is certainly a big problem. It's a very complex problem. And it's a problem that's sadly only set to get worse as our rather wasteful production and use of plastics continues to increase. Some of the problem can be tackled by dealing with sources of plastic uh, at sea. So if we could deal with the, uh, the loss of fishing gear, the abandonment of fishing gear, if we could deal with uh, waste from ships more effectively, we could begin to cut out some of those uh, sources that break down ultimately to form microplastics. But the big part of the problem, perhaps around 80% of the problem, is coming from land. It's coming from packaging. It's coming from industrial manufacture. It's coming from, from littering, from poor waste disposal, poor recycling. And I think that in order to tackle that problem, then we really have to begin to look at the policies and the mechanisms that are in place to deal with plastic as a material 
and what happens to it at the end of uh, end of its life. So that's a big issue for regulators. I think we have to see more coordination between regions, between countries, in order to try and tackle this problem at source. As an, an environmental group and other environmental groups, we can raise awareness of the problem, we can contribute to the science, we can draw people's attention to it. And in the end, the consumer themselves can do something because they can look at their use of plastics uh, and they can begin to put pressure uh, on manufacturers and retailers in order to try to reduce some of these uh, problems that are associated with, with microplastics getting into the environment. Because ultimately, we don't want these microplastics to be coming back onto our plates. Equally, we should have a, a concern for the marine species themselves and try and protect those from, uh, from microplastics contamination by doing all we can to address the problem at source. Right. Well, David, thank you so much for making us aware of this issue. You're very welcome. You've been listening to David Santillo discuss his article, Microplastics as Contaminants in Commercially Important Seafood Species. Access the article in the July 2017 issue of IEAM. Just go to ctacjournals.org. I'm Jenny Shaw, and thank you for listening to the IEAM podcast.